welcome to another edition of Daily in the Word. I am Rich Chassie, your host and teacher. We're so glad you're with us today for what is another very foundational passage of Scripture. That's going to be the case almost all the way through as we make our way through these first 11 chapters in the book of Genesis. So much of this information lays that foundation to help us to understand so much about the rest of the Scriptures, understanding who God is and understanding our lot in life and why we're facing so many of the things that we face in our world today. And that is certainly the case today as we read about the introduction of sin into the world, Adam and Eve committing that first sin and how that has impacted us all throughout world history. So let's go ahead and dive in. We're going to be chapter 3, verses 1 through 13 today. And let's begin. Now the serpent was more crafty than any of the wild animals the Lord God had made. He said to the woman, Did God really say you must not eat from any tree in the garden? The woman said to the serpent, We may eat fruit from the trees in the garden, but God did say you must not eat fruit from the tree that is in the middle of the garden, and you must not touch it, or you will die. You will not certainly die, the serpent said to the woman. For God knows that when you eat from it, your eyes will be opened, and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. When the woman saw that the fruit of the tree was good for food and pleasing to the eye, and also desirable for gaining wisdom, she took some and ate it. She also gave some to her husband who was with her, and he ate it. And the eyes of both of them were opened, and they realized they were naked. So they sewed fig leaves together and made coverings for themselves. Then the man and his wife heard the sound of the Lord God as he was walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And they hid from the Lord God among the trees of the garden. But the Lord God called to the man, Where are you? He answered, I heard you in the garden, and I was afraid because I was naked. So I hid. And he said, Who told you that you were naked? Have you eaten from the tree that I commanded you not eat from? The man said, The woman you put here with me, she gave me some fruit from the tree, and I ate it. And the Lord God said to the woman, What is this you have done? The woman said, The serpent deceived me, and I ate. Now we're going to make a few observations throughout the text here today that may seem a little bit far-fetched to you, but let me assure you that they do make sense. The first one is this serpent who comes on the scene here in chapter 3, verse 1. At this point is a regular animal. It is a regular four-legged kind of animal, and we'll see that as we make our way through when you get to the cursing. Actually, the cursing we're going to get tomorrow where God curses the serpent to crawl along his belly for the rest of its days, is an indication that before that he wasn't crawling on his belly. So the serpent was perhaps a beautiful creature, a beautiful animal of some sort. And it's interesting that Eve was not startled by having a serpent or having this animal come and talk to her. 
And of course, this serpent, this animal was animated by or indwelt by the devil or something along those lines. I'm not sure how to say that, but the devil is speaking through the serpent and he says to the woman, and this is classic, the way that Satan and his demonic network operate. Did God really say? And that is the basis for any questioning of God's word. Does the Bible really say that is another way of saying exactly what the serpent said to Eve. Did God really say you must not eat from any tree in the garden? And of course, that's not what God said. This is Satan challenging Eve on something that wasn't true to begin with. And of course, we know that the devil is the father of lies. Certainly, even in the question that he's asking Eve, there's a lie contained in the question. So we shouldn't be surprised that that's how he operates, and that's the way it was from the beginning. Eve says to the serpent, verse 2, well, we may eat from the fruit of the trees in the garden, but God did say you must not eat fruit from the tree that is in the middle of the garden. You must not touch it or you will die. That was a true statement. But the serpent's question began to make Eve question God's goodness. And of course, we do this all the time. Anytime that we sin against God, we're saying that, God, your way, your plan, your word, your law is not enough. It doesn't provide for all of my needs, all of my wants, and so therefore, I have to go my own way in order to satisfy myself. I have to go my own way to provide for the things that I think I want or I think I need. And then in verse 4, the serpent here just outright lies. You will not certainly die, the serpent. So he's gone from this subtle question with a lie built in to now he's just bold-faced lying. You're not going to die. God knows that when you eat from it, your eyes will be opened and you will be like God. That was the devil's desire from the beginning, that he wanted to be like God. It's why he was thrown out of heaven. He wanted to be like the Most High. Eve, you will get to be like God, and you'll be able to know the difference between good and evil, and oh, it's no problem, Eve. It's not going to happen the way he said it. And then verse 6, the woman saw that the fruit of the tree was good for food and pleasing to the eye, and also that the fruit was desirable for gaining wisdom, and she took some and she ate it. Now, a lot of folks miss this next part. She also gave some to her husband who was with her, and he ate it. Adam, why were you silent? Why didn't you speak up in defense of your wife? Why did you let the devil deceive her and deceive you at the same time? Adam, forsakes his responsibility to protect his wife, to protect his family, and he too joins in this sin. So we can't just put it all on Eve and say, oh, well, she was the first one. It's her fault. 
Adam was standing right there and saw it all unfold right in front of him, and he could have stopped her, but he didn't. They both chose to sin, just as all the rest of us do. Every time we sin, we are no better than Adam and Eve. Then both of their eyes were opened, and they realized that they were naked. So they sewed fig leaves together and made coverings for themselves. And again, the idea in chapter 2, they were naked, and they didn't know it. They They weren't ashamed of it. And now they're naked and they are ashamed. It's an indication that they were no longer sinless. And so they begin to hide. This is what sin does to us. It causes us to hide ourselves away from God. So they heard the sound of the Lord God as he was walking in the garden in the cool of the day, and they hid from the Lord God among the trees of the garden. But the Lord was calling to the man, where are you? And already we see redemption at work. We see mercy and grace at work because God doesn't come in and immediately carry out the punishment. He's looking for a way of redemption, of forgiveness. Adam answered, I heard you in the garden and I was afraid. This is what, again, sin does to us. It causes us to be afraid of of our own creator, of the one who still calls out to us and wants us to come back to him. It makes us afraid of him. I was afraid because I was naked, because I was no longer sinless, and so I hid. And notice now verse 11, God asks him, Who told you that you were naked? Have you eaten from the tree that I commanded you not to eat from? The man immediately begins this blame game that they both play. The woman you put here with me, God, it's your fault. You caused me to sin because you you gave this woman to me and it's her fault. She gave me some fruit from the tree and I ate it. It's what we do. We are really good at playing the blame game. And again, it goes all the way back. That's why this information. It's why this chapter, it's why all of this part of the book of Genesis is so foundational, because it tells us so much about our own selves, about how we think, about what is so inherent in our own sinful nature. So he blamed Eve, and then the Lord God said to the woman, what is this that you have done? And of course, she plays the blame game. This serpent deceived me. I fell for it. And I ate. And we see that in our own selves. When we sin, we want to blame everybody else, a sibling, a parent, a child, a co-worker, anyone but ourselves. That's where our mind goes. Instead of owning it up, we hide from God. We try to cover it up. We blame others, and we see how devastating. We're going to see that now from here on out throughout the book of Genesis, the devastation that comes from sin. It is so, so devastating. It is so 
heartbreaking to see the effects of sin on God's creation from this point forward in our study of the book of Genesis. What was so perfect in the previous chapter now has been wrecked, and it has been so thoroughly wrecked. Now, next time on Daily in the Word, we're going to be looking at what God's response is to this. He's going to have something to say to the serpent, something to say to the woman, and something to say to the man. And we'll see the impact of that next time. Lord, we are so devastated by our own sin. And we see the origins of this here in this text. Lord, I don't know how Adam and Eve were so deceived. I don't know how we are so deceived. And yet, it's what we are. It's who we are. Lord, I pray that you would continue to forgive us, and I know that you will. It is your nature. But Lord, we so often fail you, just as Adam and Eve did, and as we do so often. And yet you continue to demonstrate your love and your grace and your mercy. You are so redemptive in the way that you relate to us, even though we don't deserve it. And Lord, we look forward to the day when we won't have to face sin any longer. We know that in your presence in heaven, it won't be anything that we have to deal with any longer. And we so look forward to that day. But until then, Lord, may we be mindful of the impact of sin in our own lives and choose to stay away from it, to choose obedience to you, recognizing that you are the one true God and what you have spoken is absolute truth. And there is no dodging it. There's no getting around it. There's no getting away with it. And Lord, it is for our own good and for our own joy that we live a life of obedience to you. So Lord, I pray that you would help us to see your grace and your goodness and your plan for redemption in every aspect of our lives, that we would recognize when the temptation of sin comes calling, it is a liar and a deceiver. Lord, help us. Give us the strength to obey you to abstain from sin, and to just follow you and to walk with you all of our days. Lord, we love you, and we praise you, and we ask all of this in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, thank you again for joining us today here on Daily in the Word. I encourage you to send us an email or a Facebook post that talks about how the impact of Daily in the Word the impact that it has in your life, and encourage people to listen along with us. I look forward to seeing you now again next time, and I hope that you have a great day, and I hope that the Lord blesses you this day. So long.